The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or what the hell are you still doing up this late? Uh, whichever pertains to when you're listening to The Chris Sheeran Show podcast with myself and Doug Williams. Hi. How are you? It's nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. Uh, A lot of things have happened since we've talked the last time. Uh, First and foremost, NFL training camps have opened. My goodness, where does the time go? Before you know it, it'll be week 18, and we'll be talking about the Super Bowl and the playoffs and everything else. But the training camps have opened. And how do you know football's in the air, Doug? I'll give you the top three reasons. Well, number one, it's the end of July. Number two, you have a new Tom Coughlin mantra. The Giants are burning the boats. (laughs) I I like it. The last time they had a mantra, talk is cheap, play the game, they won the Super Bowl. So whatever Tom Coughlin wants to do, he can do. He's got two rings. He doesn't have one. He has two uh, with the Giants. So the number one thing, Rex Ryan has told the Patriots, beware of the Jets. Those are all pretty standard. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's football season. So uh, Bill Belichick... uh, be on the lookout. Uh, put one lantern in the uh, uh, the church uh, if they're coming by land and another if they're coming by sea. I think that's the way that broke down with Paul Revere's last ride. Um, Belichick, uh, this is breaking news, by the way. He was literally, hate that word, shaking in his boots. Uh, the most overused word in 2014 and maybe since 2010 literally. You don't need it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, When you're saying something that's actually happening, it is literally happening. Uh, So you really want to substitute that with figuratively. So see, the giants are not literally burning their boats. They might have them. Some of the players are wealthy because they're very good at what they do and they might have a yacht. Or a smaller boat. Who knows? Boston Whaler. Right. But they are not burning their boats. Literally. They are figuratively doing that. The way a Greek army would have if they landed on shore to fight a certain other nation and burn their boats because their leaders said, uh, one of two things are going to happen here. We're going to lose and we don't need the boats. Or we're going to win and we're going to take this place over and we're going to use their boats to get back home. So there you go. Figurative, not literal. Moving on. (laughs) As I told Doug before we started doing this, this is my second latte, and I've had a half a five-hour energy, and I've been at the gym. I just left the gym. I was there for three hours. So I am, even though I was there for three hours and I've had all this caffeine, I am pent up with energy, and I just can't wait to do this. This is a venti latte, by the way. Yes. This This is not a tall... No. So. I don't. I don't believe. You know, this is a uh, this is a big gulp. I don't. <laughs> I don't believe, as I combine Seven Up and Starbucks there, and they get free plugs here on the Chris Sheeran show. But I don't believe in the uh, small ones. I yeah. need. I need the ginormous ones to uh, keep me going. For two the day. Uh, two NFL stories. I want to get your take on. Yeah, go ahead. Um, first thing, Chris Snee retiring. You know how hard it is, Doug, to get a lineman and have him be an anchor. On the line for as long as Chris Snee was. He brought, he helped bring in two Super Bowls for the Giants. Tom Coughlin's son in law, by the way. Now he gets to enjoy his family. And uh, who knows, maybe he joins Coughlin as one of the <laughs> assistant coach on the team. But um, it's tough. It is. You know, Derek Jeter was, 
you know, he's blessed to play nearly 20 years in Major League Baseball. As we all know, football players, that's just not in the cards. And if they do, they might not be able to walk the rest of their life. Hell, some of these guys who play six, seven years have trouble walking the rest of their life. It's such a brutal sport. Uh, what was it, 10 years? Yeah, 10-year career. I mean, good Lord. I, that is tremendous. And losing a guy like him, I mean, they did some work in free agency this year and in the draft with some offensive linemen. So who knows what's going to happen. But you have Pew, who maybe could be that next anchor for the Giants. You know, one leaves, another one who came in last year. Maybe he steps in and steps up and takes over. But it's tough. No matter when it happens, you know, it's going to be (laughs) September 28th, I think it is, when Derek Jeter, you know, walks off the field from shortstop the last time. That's going to be tough. So not having Chris Snee in those lineups that you see every Sunday, it's going to be tough for Giant fans. And and the way he played. Yeah. You know, one of the best offensive linemen in Giants history, if you want to, if you want to talk about it. The hardest thing for me, and I think most Giants fans would probably agree, is that that core offensive line, the five guys, it was Deal and Kareem McKenzie and Rich Soybert and mm-hmm. Sean O'Hara and Chris Snee. And those guys were the anchors of that team that won in 2008, right? That's the year they won? Yeah. And um, Super Bowl 08, uh, 07 season. Right. Um, so that kind of was the, was the gridiron toughness of that team. It was mm-hmm. just they were the anchor, and that's gone. Every single one of those guys is gone now. But, you know, you move forward, and, and the uh, – Core four, I guess they call it, but the Yankees is is about to be gone yeah, too. So, yeah. um, other NFL story I want to get your take on: Ray Rice today got a two game suspension mm-hmm. for what he did to his wife, which was caught on tape. <laughs> but the the really poignant part of the story, Chris, is that there are NFL players that get four games for smoking marijuana. So how what? I, I don't mean to laugh. I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing because it's a joke. It is a joke. It's a joke. And you would add that to the list of things, by the way, where you know it's the NFL season. And argued about suspension sounds like the NFL. Well, Josh Gordon, too. Let's not forget him. He's in New York as we speak, you know, trying to appeal his year suspension for another DUI. How many more times does it have to happen? You know... Roger Goodell has to stand by his guns here. He does. Because Josh Gordon doesn't need to be playing football right now. Josh Gordon needs to be getting his life in check. Get your life straight. Then come back and play football. And if the Browns had any kind of decency, they would be the ones setting him up in a rehab situation so he can go in, clean his life up, and then come back as a, you know, a working human being without alcohol. It's obvious the guy has a problem. So why not take care of the human being? You know, these guys, they get lost in the shuffle a lot because all people see these guys as is a fantasy football player or a head coach who says, oh, go ahead, Josh, go score another touchdown. No, they're human beings first. They need to take care of their lives before they take care of what's on the field. That's what drives me crazy. And the Browns organization, they may be doing something. I'm not trying to get down on the Browns. Trust me, I'm not. But they need to step in. The NFL needs to step in. He's one of their players. He's one of their employees. So why wouldn't you want to clean up one of your employees who helps make 
your organization money in the long run, let's face it. But take care of Josh Gordon. You know, if you try to get him help and it doesn't work, then it's on Josh Gordon. Then it's on an individual level. But at some point, someone needs to step in. There has to be tough love. You know, most of these guys, they never hear no their whole life. Their whole life. Think Alex Rodriguez ever heard no in his life before? Till this year? No, he didn't. That's why these guys have blinders on with everything. They get yes to death, or in this case, yes to millions and millions of dollars. Doug and I would give whatever to have a pinky's worth of the athletic ability of some of these guys. And alcoholism is a serious problem. It's a serious problem. I refuse to call it a disease. I'm not calling it a disease. Cancer is a disease. You can't quit cancer. And I've had this discussion before, and I think I've had it on the podcast with my buddy Joe Oriema, who's no longer with us. Well, he's with us. He's just not here with us. But I, I can't see something as something that you could put a bottle down. You can't reach into your body and rip out a tumor. Alcoholism is a problem. It's a huge problem. It's not a quote-unquote disease. That's where I draw the line. But Josh Gordon needs help. And the NFL and the Cleveland Browns need to rally together and get him some help. And I think we're going to go this deep in this podcast, but since we're in Cleveland... Let's talk about LeBron since he came back when and we still haven't talked about it here. You might have talked about it on the Yes Men with Lou DiPietro. You should listen to that podcast too, by the way, on iTunes. You could download both of these for free and uh, listen to them, as I said, morning, afternoon, night, twilight hours, you know, whatever you want to do. Now, I read a tweet that you sent out that you're excited about LeBron being back with the Cavaliers. I, I, don't, I don't have that same excitement. I, 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 this guy, to me... It's all about being on the stage and getting all the roses thrown at him. And I I, I wrote my blog, and if you haven't read my blog on LeBron or Tony Dungy and Michael Sam, you can go to my website, chrissheeran.com, and just click on the blog. It's all there. And, you know, I'll regurgitate some of them today, but I'm not going to sit here and read them. I don't want to bore Doug to death. But, um... He already is. Boy, he's sleeping. That's why he's not talking. I'm sound asleep. (laughs) But getting back to LeBron, I I don't have those warm fuzzies. You know, why is it that an athlete, and he's the best basketball player in the Milky Way. He is. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not taking away the fact that as a free agent, he could do whatever the hell he wants. He can. It's his right. I'm all about the way he does it. (laughs) The decision was a disaster. He even admitted that was a disaster when he took his talents to Miami. Now that Dwayne Wade is, quote unquote, on the back nine of his career, uh, and he basically, you know, all the rumors were he was tired of playing with Chris Bosh, and he saw the handwriting on the wall, just like he did three or four years ago when he went to Miami to win championships. Oh, there's a better nucleus in Cleveland. That's where I can get the most money. (laughs) That's where I'm going. He writes the essay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a cynic. 
I can't help it. And you know what? Like I said in my blog, if 10 years from now, he's still a Cavalier and he has another four titles under his belt, I'm a horse's patoot. I am. A big old Chris Farley horse's patoot. And I'll admit it. If I'm still blessed to be in this business and be able to have a platform like this with Doug to profess my cynicism, damn it, I'll come back in 10 years and say I was wrong because that's the type of person I am. I'll cop to my mistakes. I'll sit here and I'm very self-deprecating. If you've listened to this, you know me. And if you've worked with me or have any have come across my path at any time, you know how self-deprecating I am, to a fault at some points. But I'll admit if I'm wrong, I just don't like it. I don't. He makes my – like I said, I'm not taking anything away from his basketball ability. I, I think if Miami just gave him the ball and the other four guys went back to play defense, I think the Heat would have won the championship. Spurs played tremendous. That might be a stupid statement. It is a stupid statement because the Spurs were just a better team. But I don't think anybody really one-on-one could stop James. That's why he's the best player on the planet. All right, but let me, let me, let me just input my opinion Go ahead. for a second. Go okay. ahead. So let's look at Disagreement the black, is good, Let's Doug. look at the black and white of this issue, Chris. He's leaving Miami sports fans for Cleveland sports fans. Upgrade. Significant upgrade. He's going back to where he— Didn't he leave Cleveland, though? He did. Right. But Chris, how can you and how can you even question whether that was the right decision or not? Going to going to Miami from Cleveland. All right, so he won he won his championships and he was in four straight title games, or right. four straight title series, I should say. I get that and uh I don't have any problem with that. I don't. Okay. I have no problem with that so because with- if he wanted to win championships and he wanted to play with his quote-unquote friends, boys, whatever, he had that right to do that. And if he wanted to win championships, that was his best route to win championships. But so what now would you at have the rather first, be done? At the first sign that things aren't going to go the way he wants them to go in Miami, he goes back to Cleveland. To me, this guy where, where they had the most money, they had a better nucleus – on the team, did Michael Jordan leave Chicago? Or did he make it work in Chicago? Well, he did leave Chicago. He went to the White Sox. But he did come back. Well, okay, th- these are two very different things, Chris, because, first of all, it's a different time. I-, I think no matter what you think about LeBron, his best skill, if you're his agent or if you're his publicist or if you're in his camp – is taking advantage of the times and taking advantage of what's handed to him. So he realizes the most money is over here. I could win over there, and uh, my reputation could be better over there. I should go there. It's the right business decision. So it's hard. You can argue with the morals. You can say, I don't think his heart is in this. I think it's a business decision to go to Cleveland. I think he actually saw a better chance to win there. It's not about going home. There was nothing sentimental about it. That You can say that. But the bottom line is I felt good about him going back because it puts him in a different role in my mind. He is now the the elder statesman on this team. He can be a mentor to guys like Wiggins and Kyrie if Wiggins is there. He can kind of take a totally different place in my mind because it kind of shows that maybe he was human after all and he cared what people thought about him and he almost maybe cared about how much people hated him all, right, all me, around the country. Let me, let me just ask you this. And I don't mean to interrupt you. I really don't. Two-year deal. Opt out after one. 
What if he opts out? What if he goes someplace else? Then what do you think of LeBron James? He won't. But what if he did? I don't think he will either, but what if he did? Well, the, the Knicks are going to have more money next the, year. The two-year deal, Chris, is just something that he had to do because the salary cap is going to change. So it's it's just based on the amount of money he can make. LeBron James okay. has never, hasn't had a max contract in Miami. He's like – I can't remember the stats, but he I don't even know if he's in the top ten of the highest paid players in the NBA over the past few years. He took such a discount in Miami. And like you said, he's the best player in the country by far, but he hasn't been paid like it. So right now, his more, his goals are, I want to go home. I want to win a championship in Cleveland. I also want to get paid like the best player on earth like I am. All right, but what what if it doesn't work out in Cleveland and, and he decides to leave again to a team with a better core, a better nucleus, and a better shot at winning championships. What if he leaves again? That's my point. What do you think of that guy then if he leaves again? And he may not. Like I said, he may not. But being the cynic that I am, what if he leaves again? Then what? what, Do you still have that warm, fuzzy feeling about LeBron going back to Cleveland? I would say it will tell you more than we know now about his reasoning to go to Cleveland and that it really was to win a championship. If he doesn't win a championship at Cleveland and he, he darts away and goes to the Knicks or some Somewhere else, it'll tell you that the guy just wants to win, and the warm, fuzzy feeling was kind of incorrect, but that this might be the way sports work now. If you have an opportunity to go somewhere and win, and it's the correct decision for your career and for your brand, then you do it. Ugh. I mean, I think See, that's what I can't stand. I, I don't like it either, Chris, but did, I just did you hear what you just said to your brand it has nothing to do with the team. Has nothing to do with the people around you. It's your brand. Oh, it's totally. It's and, and me, 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 this me, is, me. But this me. is the. I hate this it. This is the generation of sports that we're Ugh. living in, Chris. Well, then I, I mean, this I, is I signing endorsement deals. This is having a Twitter account. This is uh, having your own Instagram and, and being able to kind of morph your yeah. reputation with uh, typing a keyboard. I mean, it, it's a totally different time. When Michael Jordan was in Chicago, mm-hmm. do we know anything about him? Other no. Than the fact that he had a gambling problem. Yeah. We knew nothing about Michael Jordan. But I liked that. I loved it. I don't and know I'm about sure, you, hey, guess but what, I like Chris? It. I'm sure he loved it too. Yeah. But nowadays, being an athlete is almost harder in a way. And, and this is kind of an outlet for these guys. It's like, well. It's not harder if you're smart. You know, it's harder. Something, some things you shouldn't put on Instagram. Some, some things you shouldn't put on Twitter. I think if you ask Derek Jeter of his career, if it's been harder for him to have a good reputation and spotless reputation than it was for Reggie Jackson, he would say it was harder for me. I, I guarantee it was because I'll give you a, a, a great example. I took my kids to the uh, American Museum of Natural History recently. We're trying to walk through the dinosaur exhibits, and you can't. You constantly are bumping into people because they're not looking up. They're not looking where they're going. Their heads are in their phones. It drove me crazy. Look up. I'm trying, I'm trying to bring my kids around and show them history here and teach them something, and you people keep bumping into my one-year-old because you're not looking where you're going. Oh, my God. You know, it used to be you have a couple disposable cameras when you go to a museum or a zoo. Now everybody has a camera. That's what makes it so hard. Because as an athlete, you know, you go out and Tony Siragusa always comes to mind with this. 
And when he played for the Ravens, he used to go out with his defensive lineman uh, buddies, and they would go to a club, and at the front door, there would be a metal detector. And he would say all the time, if there was a metal detector, I wasn't going in. I don't think I belong in a place where there's a metal detector outside. He was smart. You know, it had nothing to do with camera phones. It had nothing to do with the technology. It was just somebody being smart. For, for God forbid someone uses their brain, you know? Plexico Burst, on the other hand, didn't. <laughs> he put a he put a, a handgun into sweatpants. I mean, and he ruined the Giants' chances at back-to-back Super Bowls because they had a great chance to win two in a row. You know, it's – good lord. I mean, and who knows – who knows what Johnny Man's – everybody's just waiting for that can of worms to just burst open and then like it already hasn't. But what he's done up to this point – and I refuse to call a kid Johnny Football. Until he gets on an NFL field, it's a high school nickname. Stop. Will you please? And every freaking sports show out there calling this kid Johnny – Stop. Please stop. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. It was a high school nickname. We all had high school nicknames. When we, when we got to be a professional, we don't go by them anymore. No one's walking around calling me Creed anymore. Oh, boy. Apollo Creed. <laughs> I was going to say the band Creed. No, is... no, no, not that. Two different generation gap. Apollo Creed from the so, Rocky movie. Chris, but whose fault is this? Because it's kind of a revolving cycle, okay? Because think about this. The fact that there are 90 beat writers talking about LeBron James' security at his home and who he met with and how the flight with Dwayne Wade went, is that our fault? Is that the media's fault? Because we can't blame LeBron James for these decisions being such a big deal if we're the ones that are eating them See, up. But here, here, here's the thing, and I forget who said it. It escapes me right now. I apologize to everyone. It's not mine. It's somebody else. But someone tweeted – and it was an NBA beat writer, or, and I, I just can't remember, and I apologize. But he said, uh, Tim Duncan just won his fifth ring, and the San Antonio Spurs owned the Miami Heat. And LeBron James and where he's going is the gigantic story. Now, now I, I get it. it. It was a big story. You need to know where he's going. But at the same time, did you, was there any like overbearing coverage of the Spurs winning their fifth title? I mean, did you feel like you were saturated with that? No, no, because it's a superstar-driven That's league right the now. Problem. No, no one cares about team anymore. It's all about one guy. That's it, and that's the thing that drives me crazy. And I said it at the beginning, and. I get where you're coming from, and I respect your opinion. I do, and I think we need more of that in this world. But LeBron, as I said before, he has every right to be paid like – and you brought it up. He's never had a max contract. He has every right to seek out that max deal. And Cleveland was the place that he can get that. And he signed the two-year deal and he has the opt-out and everybody had their snide remarks about the opt-out after one. In my heart, I really don't think he's going to opt-out. I think he's going to remain in Cleveland for the rest of his career. Let me just say that right now. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were. If he did opt out and did go someplace else. And I got that. So that was all I wanted to talk about. You know, LeBron, God bless him. And let me get this on the record too. I hope 
Cleveland does get a championship because they've been tortured long enough. And I hope him going back there, I hope he does stay. And I hope he does build something there. And this is coming from a Nick fan. Because Cleveland is a great sports town. Miami, they're a bunch of, not all of them. I don't want to make a statement that brings a generalization that brings every Miami sports fan into this. But for the most part, they're phony balonies. Let's be honest. As soon as LeBron jetted, uh, I'd like to see how, 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 how far their season ticket sales went down. Let, let's be honest. Here. It was on to the next Pitbull concert for them. I, I'm <laughs> it's just, oh, we got Pitbull on August 13th. Mr. 305. Dolly. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, this Tony Dungy thing because I want to get your thoughts on this too. And it's a thing. I, it's 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 a statement I just made. And it's about mutual respect. And it's respecting one's uh, opinion. And in this case, Dungy didn't even say anything to the Tampa Tribune about Michael Sam's uh, sexuality. What he did say was he wouldn't have drafted him because of all the distractions. And that's what brought up all this uproar. And I wrote a blog about that. And you can read about it at chrisheeran.com backslash blog. Mm, shameless plug. Anyway, my thoughts in that article were this. Tony Dungy brought up Baptist, probably studied the Bible his entire life. In the Bible, homosexuality is frowned upon. That's Tony Dungy's faith. That's what Tony Dungy grew up believing in. And he still believes it now. Again, he didn't comment on Sam's sexuality. He commented on the fact that he wouldn't draft him. You know who else didn't draft him? 247 picks before he got drafted by the Rams. 31 other teams. 247 picks. And I can guarantee you that in one of those war rooms, if not more, those same sentiments were being thrown around. Same ones. They didn't want to deal with the distractions. And everybody, everybody wants to bring up Jackie Robinson and call out Tony Dungy because he's African-American, just like Jackie Robinson. And Jackie Robinson was a distraction when the Dodgers brought him up. Don't compare Michael Sam to Jackie Robinson. He is not Jackie Robinson. Michael Sam has been accepted by the court of public opinion. He has been accepted by the PC police, which enforce the laws and the law and order that is the court of public opinion. Did Jackie have that before he stepped on the field in Brooklyn? Did Jackie have an Arthur Ashe Courage Award before he stepped on the field in Brooklyn? Jackie Robinson had gasoline-doused cleats with sparklers stuck in the holes where the laces are They were lit, and he had metal cleats walking on eggshells and hot coals. Michael Sam is not going into the league the way Jackie Robinson is going into the league. He may get some backlash. He might get some smack talk. Talk to him. You think that player is going to be disciplined? I do, because there's no room for that. And I've said this before on this podcast with Doug when he got drafted. I don't care about his sexuality. (laughs) It's not my job on earth. To tell Doug, to tell Michael Sam, to tell anyone how to live their life. It's Doug's life. 
It's Michael Sam's life. It's my life. I don't want anybody shoving anything in my face telling me how to live my life. But Tony Dungy has a belief structure. That's his faith. And that's his opinion. And instead of just respecting Tony Dungy's opinion, everybody in the court of public opinion and media members who want to jump on that bandwagon who have no skeletons in their closet, by the way. But in Michael Sam's situation, look, if Tony Dungy came out, Doug, and, and, and went on this homophobic slur run, there's no defending him. None. I wouldn't be saying anything. I wouldn't have wrote anything. He said what 31 other teams and 248 picks before him were probably thinking. I agree with you in some ways, and I disagree with you in most ways. Um, in I my had a opinion, that was coming. In my opinion, Tony Dungy, uh, he's totally entitled. That's where I agree with you. I think he's entitled to his opinion about uh, his feelings on homosexuality and his religion. However, I think he's a phony for saying that the reason he wouldn't draft Michael Sam is because of the distraction. In his mind, in Tony Dungy's mind, the fact that we already know his religious beliefs and the fact that we already know that he does not approve of his lifestyle, I have no question saying that Tony Dungy wouldn't draft Michael Sam because he's a gay guy. Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been in the history of the NFL an openly gay athlete that announced he was gay right before he was drafted? No. And it's not thing. just Tony Dungy, Doug. Tony Dungy stood behind Michael Vick. 248 picks. Tony, Tony oh, there Dungy it is. stood behind there it Michael is. Vick, Everybody Chris. brings up Michael Vick. Well, here's the thing. Distractions only get you to a certain point. If you're extremely talented, which Michael Sam to this point is not, then you get a pass in the NFL, in sports, and in general. If you're extremely talented, Josh Gordon will be a wide receiver in the NFL before too long. Why? Yeah, because he's extremely exactly. good at his job. Michael Sam went to the seventh round not because he's gay, but because he's not a proven player. And he's a tweener. You don't know if he's a defensive end or an outside linebacker. He was not drafted till the seventh round because of that, not because of the distraction. Jeff Fisher isn't worried about the distraction. They draft him because they thought he was a good pick in the, at that point in the draft. That, that, that's your opinion. And, and that's fine, but I think there's a little bit of the other thing coming through, too. I mean, you had a lot of NFL players come out and say they weren't comfortable uh, with him being on in their locker room or on their team. And you had a lot of people who came out and said they didn't really care. Um, but let me just – let me have a chance to rebut you here on Michael Vick because everybody wants to reach into their back pocket and bring up Michael Vick when I, when I bring up Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy was asked – by Roger Goodell to mentor Michael Vick. And after his son committed suicide, Tony Dungy, you know what he was doing? He was turning, he was running a prison. He was a deacon in a prison trying to get inmates to turn around their life through spirituality after his son committed suicide. And these people that are against Tony Dungy are tweeting things and making fun of his son who committed suicide. So that's okay. But what Tony Dungy said isn't. So you can make fun of the guy for his son committing suicide, but Tony Dungy can't state his opinion. 
on someone who who he wouldn't have drafted because of a distraction. There, there's just something wrong with that, Doug. Something doesn't add up. He was asked by the commissioner of football to mentor Michael Vick and give him a report when he was done to see if he was he would be able to acclimate himself back into the league after prison. Tony Dungy did that. And what has Michael Vick done since he came back? Tell me. Anything. Anything negative. What has he done? Nothing. Well, right. Yeah. Nothing. What he did was reprehensible. And I hate Michael Vick. I'll say it. I'll say it now. I hate him for what he did. What he did was reprehensible. And so, a lot of people out there, you know, if he killed thousands of people, it would have been better than killing thousands of dogs. And I get that. I have a lot of friends. I have Jet fan friends who, who, have, who are having trouble rooting for their team this year because that guy is on the team, and I get that. But Tony Dungy was asked by the commissioner. Asked. He didn't volunteer himself. And he gave him the report. So if you want to bring up Michael Vick, fine. Fine. I'll sit here and I'll listen to it. But at the same time... Uh, it, it just it but it's not crazy. about the specifics with Michael Vick. Like I, I understand that Roger Goodell asked him, and it's not necessarily that I like this. By the way, we're having a, yeah, we're having no, a good like conversation. To, but I, I, it's not that Michael Vick or, or Tony Dungy thinks that Michael Vick's decisions were right, or that you know Tony Dungy was you know going out on a limb with defending Michael Vick. I think Tony Dungy was his mentor, and Tony Dungy really saw improvement with the guy. Yeah, and that's so the he only recommended reason, him. right? I, I personally think. It would be a more interesting discussion about Tony Dungy if he had come out and said, I wouldn't draft Michael Sam because I don't agree with his beliefs. If he had said that, we'd all be talking about, well, Tony Dungy doesn't believe that being gay is correct. He was vague. It's his, it's, he was vague. It's his opinion and his religion. We'd be having that discussion. He's entitled to that. I think people on SportsCenter would be saying – how can we be mad at Tony Dungy because that's the way he was brought up? Who are we to say that liking and being pro-gay people and not liking them is any different? You know, it's your opinion. Yeah. So I think what got Tony Dungy in trouble was the word distraction because people started bringing up his past and saying, you know, Michael Vick was a distraction. He, he killed dogs and you helped him get back to the NFL. You can't say – it's because of a distraction when you have a history of being not homophobic but saying things about you know the gay lifestyle that you don't approve of because people are going to connect that line. You see what I'm saying? Oh, they've connected it. So it's, it's a tough situation. Any other coach would be fine if he didn't have that history of, of talking about gay lifestyles, but Tony Dungy does have it. I know he has that history, but why should we call into question a man's faith, whether it not be acceptable – in the court of public opinion, which it isn't, let's be honest, you know, I know people who have been brought up Catholic, Baptist, and they're set in their ways. They're old school people. It, you know, it, they're not comfortable with, with the lifestyle. They're not comfortable. And even lifestyle, they, they don't like that. You know, people say they were born that way. And, and I get that. You know, I'm not... I, brought, I was brought up Catholic. I've brought this up before, and I just said it before. I, it's not my job to tell you how to live your life and, and how to be and how to act. I don't care. Whatever makes you happy, be happy. Listen, it, it's, it's, such a, <laughs> it's such an eggshell discussion, but I just think 
people have to start respecting other people's faith. People have to start respecting other people's opinions. If it's not approved by the court of public opinion, it should be <laughs> it should be okay to say if that's your opinion. You know, you can't be jumping on somebody because of the way they were brought up, the way they were raised. Um, and something else comes to mind, it, it, and you might laugh at me, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I said this in my blog. Tim Tebow comes up. Now, we all know Tim Tebow was not really – a good quarterback, but Tim Tebow made an NFL roster. Tim Tebow won a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got destroyed by Tom Brady and the Patriots in new England, but he was in the league. He played quarterback. He won a playoff game. Tim Tebow wasn't shy about his personal relationship with Jesus and God. How many people do you know that made fun of Tim Tebow? I know a lot because he brought up God and brought up Jesus why is the belief in a religion ludicrous? Why? Am I just, are we supposed to just sit back and, and, and take that? Because the court of public opinion says it's okay to take that? I mean, that's, that's the line I'm trying to draw. You know, if somebody, if somebody wants to profess his faith, I think it's just as courageous to have faith in something and to believe in something as it is to be courageous and be gay. You know, Michael Sam got the Courage Award. I think it's just as courageous to believe in something that, A, you've never seen, B, has never come down and talked to you. Uh, listen, that's just my opinion, and it had to be said, and I have to throw it out there. And I know Doug's sitting over here shaking his head. He, is, he isn't really, but he probably is inside, like, why are you going there? But I just feel it needs to be said. We've talked about Tebow before on this podcast, I think, in terms of how he was mocked. Uh, oh, and, and my friend Marshall on Facebook had the best <laughs> response to that. And he said, I never, I never made fun of Tebow for his belief in God. I, I made fun of Tebow for the way he threw a football. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, and then my jets traded for him. <laughs> I think you're entitled. I think you're entitled to make fun of him for throwing a football. Yes, which that's is fine. His point and your point. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I think you get in trouble. Athletes do a lot of times when you bring up, God or your beliefs when it pertains to the football field. Now that's they're right. I agree with you, but that's when the mocking comes in. It's like you want to practice that on your own time, fine, but don't talk about completing a pass because okay. God helped you. Do I'm it. glad you said that. Do that on your own time. Then why is that mocked and being gay is courageous? Answer me that question. Well, I think Michael Sam. I'm One not just thing. talking about him. I'm I, like in ge- like, athletes in general because you know Michael Sam isn't the only gay athlete. You know that. Jason Collins came out, and I'm sure there's oh, going to totally. be, and I'm sure there's going to be more. And you know, hopefully, Michael Sam gives guys that courage to to do the same thing. You know, I, I hope he does. Well, Chris. You survey, let's say there's 80, 80 guys on a football field at one time. You survey them and you ask, do you believe in God? And I would say 75 of them will tell you yes. Yeah. You get those same 80 players. You ask them how many of them are gay. And one, if Michael Sam's on that field, will tell you he is. And then otherwise, if he's not, nobody will say it. So that's where the difference comes in. Michael Sam's brave because he's a total outlier. Being Christian oh, like no, Tim Tebow no, no, no. is not an outlier whatsoever. Well, <sighs> Nowadays, I think it is. I just think it is because 
I think across the board, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into this because I, I don't want to lose my job pretty much uh, because I think I think that's just a uh, – if I keep going down this road, I'm going to get myself into trouble. And, and you know, it's a shame because I, 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 I want to talk about it and I want to be out there with it. But I, I think it's just as brave to do what Tim Tebow did as it is that to, to do with Michael Sam. Um now, look, I know a lot of other guys and your point. I, I can't argue your point. I can't because you're right, because we're not there yet. You know, he might have came out and did it, but we're not there yet. Guys probably aren't that comfortable. And that's the reason why we see guys come out after they're done playing, uh, because they don't want that. They don't want that. They, they don't want that perception while they're in the locker room, I guess, because you saw it. You saw it with players who said they were uncomfortable, and I forget who it was. I don't want to mention any names because if I can't remember, I don't want to put anybody on the spot like that and say the wrong name. But it's just – it's a touchy subject. It's going to continue to be a touchy subject. And uh, if he does make the team, you know, I, I really hope there aren't any problems because I hope it's 2014 and I hope that, you know, there's acceptance. I just want – this is what I want. This is the common denominator and everything. It's fine. It's okay to be gay. It's okay. But it's okay for people to not be comfortable with it. That's all I want. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. But it's okay. You're not, you're not homophobic per se. You're it, it's your faith. It's, it's what you grew up. It, it's your rock of Gibraltar. It, it, it's who you are. That's just as okay as Michael Sam and, and being who he is and not being afraid to show it. Let's be honest and, and good for him. And, uh, yeah, I'm done. I think <laughs> one last thing I'll say, just because I think it was valuable what you just did, which was kind of draw a common denominator, which kind of rounds this podcast. Um, and it professional gives us, gives us uh, closure. Um, but it is such a fine line, Chris, isn't it? Um, between the word homophobe and between people who don't approve of the lifestyle. Right. And, and, and there are some people who in the NFL won't, you know, approve of Michael Sam's lifestyle and it freaked them out. But I personally think it's good to have the goal of getting to a point where everyone is okay with it. Mm -hmm. I understand that pe some people aren't. I understand that uh, some religions uh, forbid it. Some religions uh, frown upon it, and I get that. I don't happen to be a religious person, but and that's I, fine too, right? It, it, that that's the point. We should be able to accept the people who are anti and pro. But I, I do think that it's acceptable to say, I hope we are at a point where a guy can be gay in the NFL and it's not a big deal, and that people can keep their beliefs to themselves on both sides and just play football and it goes for the workplace. Keep your beliefs on both sides to themselves right. and go to the office and be able to live your life. Do your normally. job. I, I honestly, that's the best thing for him, you know, stay out of the news. And that would mean that maybe we're going in the right direction. Hopefully. And you know, it's just about just to say it one more time. It, it, it's about acceptance. It really is. It, it's about Accepting Michael Sam for who he is and any future athlete in any sport for who they are, but also being able to step back and accept that a person is uncomfortable, not a homophobe, 
in you know in any way, shape, or form, but just uncomfortable with that lifestyle because that's the way they were brought up and raised. And if they're religious or they're not, and they're uncomfortable, whatever. Just be able to. <laughs> I know I'm I'm dreaming here. Uh, what a wonderful world it would be if we just had acceptance for everyone. Um, but it's not going to happen. Let's be honest. It's a shame. But it's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, it was a good one. Doug and I got a little heated. I like a little heat. Maybe I should do this caffeine thing every time. <laughs> yeah, that was the lattes. That was half Christian and half yeah. Starbucks lattes. Yeah, speaking. thank you. Thank you, Starbucks. And thank you, Five Hour Energy. I appreciate it. Uh, that's who the podcast was brought to you by unofficially uh, until we start getting some money from them. Uh, no more mentions, guys. But please keep filling my body with with caffeine. I appreciate it. For Doug Williams, I'm Chris Sheeran. This is the Chris Sheeran Show, and uh, we will see you next time. And don't forget, it's on yesnetwork.com, and you could also download it on iTunes for free, and also look out for the Yes Men with Doug and Lou DiPietro. We'll see you next time, everybody.